Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast Unfiltered with me, Taylor James. And me, Emma Tyndall. This is the podcast where we delve into the weird and wonderful where no concept, conspiracy theory, or conversation is off limits. So join us as we open up shop next door, turn the base up, and have even more of a waffle. Welcome to another episode. Welcome back, guys. Thanks for coming back. It means that we didn't piss you off too much, so that's good. To be fair, three, you can hear it in my voice. Like I've had. Yeah, quite you're a like weekend. so hoarse. Yeah. I sound like really deep. <laughs> to be fair it's actually quite nice because i feel like that's quite like a sexy thing isn't it like a deep 100 percent. yeah i which, love having a sore throat that's a little bit weird <laughs> but <laughs> today's topic um yeah so t- today obviously we're we're talking about all things sex we've got like a, a sex expert on the show i'm a sex so expert, excited if you like a sex expert Today we are talking all about um, STIs and sex education. It's, it's an important topic. You know, there's a lot of myths, there's a lot of stigma, there's a lot of like, like uh, you've got an STI kind of, mm. that kind of attitude. So I'm really interested to hear like obviously what our guest has what got to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very nervous about this one purely because there's probably things we're going to be talking about that I probably haven't spoke about before. And also my nan <laughs> listens to this show. Maybe, maybe one to miss, Nan. Maybe, maybe yeah. stop listening now if you're if you're here. Yeah, turn um, it off. Now it'll be good. <laughs> Waffling of the week. Have yes. we got any stories? Well what's been pissing people off, Taylor? Tell me. Well, do you know what I'm gonna actually gonna bypass other people at the moment oh. because I feel like mine's more important. So recently I was very lucky to go to Radio One's big weekend. Nice. So that was an honour in itself to go. However, one th- I think this applies to every festival, and I feel like I'm going to piss some people off when I say this, is that people who take picnic blankets 
to festivals, put them in the middle of the crowd, complain, then it gets busy around them. And then if you're walking through, they tut at you if you stand on their blanket. (laughs) As if like you've just stood on someone's grave or something. And it's just like, I just think festival etiquette is just Not to do that. Like Mm. like marking your territory. Like I understand Mm. it, obviously, but maybe you shouldn't be so close to the front with a blankie. Blankie, Mm -hmm. blanket. Blankie? (laughs) (laughs) Question, is that better or worse than someone squatting down in the middle of a crowd to take a piss? Um, I don't know. Because at first, stuff like that, like one, fair play to you for being so brave and doing that. Two, you got to go, you got to go. Three, I'm pretty <laughs> sure some of my friends have done it. And four, I'm in my 30s now. And when I tell you, like over the weekend, I was like, I've got to go. <laughs> and you're like halfway through, like you just got like a really good spot. And I was like, no, I need to go okay. now. You regress back to like toddler, don't you? When does it start? Who start wearing yeah. diapers again? I'm also slightly, I think I'm having like a two day, like kind of hangover, three day. It's Tuesday. I left on Sunday. It is. It's no, Wednesday, it's Wednesday. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, good to see where wow. you're at. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a strong episode, this one. Well, other people for the weekly waffle. Uh, someone's written that a new guy that she's seeing keeps leaving the toilet seat up. And I, I, I'm going to probably gonna sound like really naive and I probably should have asked this question a lot sooner than what I'm actually asking this question. Is it the whole toilet seat or is it just like the middle bit that you sit on? You're supposed to, in the toilet etiquette, put the both down when you yeah. flush because that traps the germs. Right. So it doesn't spray up in your face. However, disgusting. Yeah, that is true. There's a video. It's not even half eight in the morning, (laughs) and we're talking about toilet germs splashing in face. Well, to be fair, there's probably going to be worse things discussed than this. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, buckle up. Um, (laughs) No, but then, uh, just from a female perspective, it's just nice to go to the loo and not have to touch a horrible toilet seat. Yeah, to pull it down. I don't know why this just popped into my head, but obviously I've, I've been to Thailand. I've been to that side of the world a fair few times. Mm. They don't have things like that. So they have holes, they? don't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that we're, these innuendos <laughs> on this episode are just, I don't even think we were trying. They literally, they're just coming just out. Just coming. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, turn it off. (laughs) Sex horror stories. Well, now your nan has stopped listening. There is actually something I want to tell you. So, you know, I've been I've been away. Uh, I had to go up for a shoot in Scotland, so got the plane up. um, Was at the airport, minding my own business and duty free, being like living my best life. And all of a sudden, the Tannoy announcement goes off and it's like, can passenger ZZ something something Emma Tyndall please report back to the check-in office? And I was like, oh my God, what? What? that's me. Like, what's happened? Like, I'm never that person as well. I'm always so on time for my flight. I was like, no, I can't. Surely I can't have missed it. So I went back to the check-in desk and I was like, hi, um, my name just got called out. Like, is there a problem? And they said, oh yeah, um, can you come back here with us, please? Oh, I'm like, oh. I was just freaking Why are you out. Nervous. I, I know, right? 
go out the back and I see like my big wheelie case there. And there's this guy in his fifties or something standing next to it. And he's like, Oh, do you own, do you own this case? I said, yeah, that's mine. And he said, ah, um, we just got a little problem with it. Um, there's a weird noise coming from it. No, no. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's strange. Um, uh, so I opened it up and I pulled out my electric toothbrush and I was like, oh, it must have been this. Like this was what it must yeah. have been. He said, yeah, I did think it was the toothbrush, but actually your toothbrush is down here and the noise was definitely coming <gasps> from like up the other end. All right, like, so he like, set you up to fail. This guy knew knows, what he was we doing. We all know what is in God this suitcase, say. okay? But he literally made me like stand there for ages. I know it must be the toothbrush. Like, come on, <laughs> it's it stopped now. Like, you can put it on the fucking plane and we can leave. <laughs> and he said, no, no, no. I de- like, I just, I wouldn't want it to start again, sort of thing. And he was like, if you could just take out the like batteries of this toothbrush and i was like right okay do you know what pulled out the vibrator i was like right i know this is not what you want to see this morning but this is obviously what it is i can't I take feel like that's what out. he did want i feel like he did want to see that i thought that's my problem with this now i mean one i'm dying of secondhand embarrassment for you but i know i've got an issue with the pervert at the airport the thing is, it was like he was so old and the vibrator was so pink and i was just like how have i come to be in Bristol Airport today, holding this and speaking to this man. And then the worst bit was, was like, oh, don't worry, love. Like, we've all got one sort of thing. That's I put what it he back said. in. Yeah. I was like, I put it back in, did it up. And then um, I was like, sorry, like, thanks, I think. Um, and then he was like, oh, have a good trip and enjoy. I was like, oh, oh I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you. Well, um, on that topic, shall we introduce our guest? Let's. So we are joined today by the lovely Sarah Melindwa, and she is host of EFOR's hit show, The Sex Clinic. Um, she used to be a nurse, but now she works specifically in sexual health. Um, and we are going to be talking to her all about the best and worst that she's seen. So, uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one. Wait, wait, wait. Before we bring Sarah in... Oh, yeah. We've obviously... We forgot about the little challenge. <gasps> oh, uh, waffle, waffle word of the week. Of the week. <laughs> and what is like, it this week, Taylor? <laughs> it's majestic. There's obviously rules around this. We can't just, like, throw this in anywhere in the episode. We've got to get this word in when talking to our guest. Mm-hmm. And it needs to make sense. We can't just like, oh, hi, here's Sarah. How majestic. It needs to be. <laughs> Within the context of what we're saying. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Well. And we don't, we don't both need to say it. As, as, long as, as soon as one person says it, it's fine. But we can't let on that this is the waffle word of the yeah. week to her. I know. Because so I'll when laugh. it happens, you've got you've to not <laughs> react. <laughs> okay. I'm like fuming and just end the court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Piss me off. Well, shall we? Let, let's get her in. Let's get. Let's, yeah, let's, let's get her let's in. Let's, go for let's it. get her in. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm super <laughs> excited to be here. <laughs> I'm buzzing for this episode. First question I need to ask is, how do you become like a sex expert? Like, how is this like a a thing? 
a thing. Yeah, so my background, so I'm, I'm a qualified nurse. I've been a nurse for 16 years and I specialize in sexual health and HIV um, for about 12 years now. And so that's kind of how I went to it. And so when, when it came to specializing in, um, so, so, you know, you do general nursing and then you decide what field you kind of want to go into. And funnily enough, even in um, even in my dream, my training and, uh, at university, we didn't really touch on, you know, sexual health, sexual well-being, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 psycho- the psychology of sex or, you know, even infections and things, not as much as you would expect. Um, and so I always just had a, you know, an interest in this field. Um, and also I'm just very, very nosy. Um, <laughs> and I just think it's, it's just interesting to see what people get out to, isn't it? Um, and so, yeah, that's how I kind of got into it. And through my, you know, through my profession as a nurse, as a sexual health nurse, I've, I've done all sorts of things. I, you know, I work in the busiest clinic, not only in the UK, but in all of Europe. And wow. um, it's wow. right in the heart of Soho. So we see patients from all walks of life, but also we see very... Um, complex and high risk group people um you know i work i go to brothels and you know we, we do work in brothels we work in saunas uh we we do a lot of outreach work work you know i used to be the lead nurse for the young people services so we go out into the community and we um we provide you know care support advice um empowerment education to people who often can't access services but are often high risk um and so yeah with that it just opens you up to a world of of all sorts of crazy and um amazing and just very interesting people and things while somebody can tell you about their sex life you, you know you go into so many amazing conversations with people so it's just such an amazing profession I love this already. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know, one thing I need to say, purely because this is how like the Waffle Shop like unfiltered started, purely because I'm just as nosy. So right? it's kind of like me and Emma needed to have these kind of conversations with people. What do you think, Sarah, is like some of the cases that have surprised you most that you've encountered over the years? That have surprised me the most. Mm. Gosh. I like that you say surprise because most people say what has shocked you and I'm like after a while after 12 years you become unshockable <laughs> yeah <laughs> you become unshockable um I'd say the cases that surprise me the most are always cases where people worry about things that to you and I and you don't even need to be an expert in the sexual field to you and I would be you know quite straightforward but what surprised me is how how many things people hold on to. Like it, it could be something that happened to you when you were 18 and now you're 33. And that one incident has massively affected your approach to sex, how you enjoy sex. And, and going back to what I said before about this profession is when you do talk to people about their sex life, you know, I ask people, when's the last time you had sex? Who did you have sex with? What type of sex was that? So these are very personal questions. And so if somebody can divulge that information, it's then easy for them to open up about other things. And what always surprises me is how, especially with men, what I find, especially with heterosexual men, I find that um, when it comes to things like breakups, they deal with it in very different ways and it manifests mm. itself in yeah. quote-unquote toxic behaviour in other ways that are seen as, oh, you know, they're just a terrible person, they're just a dog or they're just this and that. But I find a lot of like like psychological things that I've had to happen to people and how they've dealt with that or not, you know, not feeling empowered or able to talk about that and then how that then has a knock-on effect on their sex life and risk-taking behaviour and that correlation. So that always surprises me because, you know, we live, you know, it's 2022, mental health is, you know, 
out there. We're talking about it. You know, I mean, we're here on this amazing podcast, which is fantastic. So you think, oh, okay, so surely men can still feel a little bit comfortable, but these cases still happen. And so that always surprises me because I think, you know, I always think, oh, you know, we're doing great things and, you know, men feel like they're able to talk. But then in a lot of instances, yeah, and how that then affects their sex lives and the way they approach sex, the way they approach women or men or, you know, whatever. So that always does surprise me. It makes me a little bit sad, but I think it's, yeah, it always does surprise me. I think that's really interesting, especially obviously from a, I mean, obviously me being a male, (laughs) because... Even like in school, obviously we talked about like we're we're speaking about like how obviously sex works and the importance of like safe sex and this that and the other. But you said something there about kind of like the breakups and stuff that we obviously we all kind of experience in life. Right. Um, but from a personal point of view, that kind of I went through a quite a hefty breakup very early on, obviously into like kind of well, my late teens, early twenties. Yeah, that kind of. Com- yeah yeah kind of just put me off sex completely so it's really interesting to kind of because this is again this is the reason why we're having these kind of conversations because it makes me feel like well actually yeah I'm okay I'm not the only person who experienced that so that's quite yeah I'm all right now I'm having a bit of a hoe phase so it's (laughs) it's all sorted now (laughs) in a safe way yeah for sure (laughs) that was my name make sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah no it's it's true and um and just how just to see the different ways in which um uh you know how we approach our experiences how how men um share their experiences with other people whether they do or not and when they don't how you know how that does affect them and their dating mm. life so yeah that always does surprise me and I think it's also interesting when we're growing up and learning about sex. Mm. Like, you know, when you're at school, you're either taught that through films and stuff that sex is this beautiful, majestic event, <laughs> or you're like, it's this thing that we should be really afraid of and scared of. It felt like kind of two very conflicting Yeah, not variables. a lot in between. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think, I, I don't think I've ever spoken to somebody who was like oh my god yeah you know I had amazing sex at school and you know I had this amazing experience and I'm sure they are out there um and you know and I probably have heard people say that but nine times out of ten most people are like sex ain't was shit like you know <laughs> I, I remember in primary school they um they separated the girls from the boys and that is the first mistake that that, that they make because then the idea is that we should learn about each other's bodies right but then yeah. it starts off so from a very young age they make us feel like you know we can't communicate our needs or our bodies and so we go into adulthood thinking this is something I can only discuss with my own gender and so you find in relationships people have a lot of issues you know whether they're not you know getting the pleasure that they think they that they want or the type of sex mm-hmm. or they feel a little bit embarrassed or they don't want to embarrass their, their partner or they don't want to make them feel bad because they've not been taught to just communicate in an open and normalize just talking about your body parts and what you enjoy and of course yes we have to learn about you know infections and you know um contraception and all these things but just actual just normalizing talking about sex and feeling comfortable because most people are so embarrassed to come to the clinic i've had people just go completely red in the face like like i ask questions and like, oh my god i can't believe and you know you can just see the shame mm, that's just attached yeah. you know to it and it, it stems from an early age and i think but going back to what you said before emma is you know this idea of it's either really magical which it really isn't especially your first time <laughs> like it's just not that like <laughs> Or it's like, you know, bang, bang, bang in a porno, you know? 
um, mm. and there's no, no there's no dialogue about relationships about how getting getting to know somebody just fancying somebody and like you know those feelings that you get like this this is all part of intimacy you know sex is just an umbrella term but under that you know we are talking about intimacy about just relate relating to each other and teaching young people how to communicate when it comes to their emo- emotions and sex because they go hand in hand um but yeah that, that emphasis just isn't placed when it comes to sex in schools you mentioned something there and obviously going on from like the, the school kind of topic obviously about like sexual health and like stis and stuff like that. and it's just obviously some people come into the clinic with kind of like use an interesting word they're like shame like with stis and stuff like that like do you is there any kind of like myths around that that are just kind of like I just I just ridiculous they just like until you sit down with you know people like yourself in this profession that kind of break that stigma down when it comes to STIs so obviously they were told like as if like you were going to get one when you were a kid and like your your leg was going to fall off or something it was like that kind of like oh, you're disgusting you've got this but surely is it like and not natural kind of part of a kind of a, like a, a sex life or no, I see. I mean, I mean, we're all human beings. We live in a world where you know we virus. Our bodies malfunction sometimes, and you know viruses come in. We live amongst animals and other species, yeah. and sometimes we mix, and it doesn't work. And you know, bacteria grows and things die, and you know these kind of things. So, one of the <laughs> did you just say? Hang on. <laughs> Sorry to jump in there. You said like we live in a world with like animals and people, and sometimes yeah, I mean, we mix. I mean, probably the worst. You know, I'm saying that. Because um, there's a new virus, I'm sure you might have heard of it, called monkeypox. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. So we is sort of falling under the um, the sexual health remit. So we're seeing it. Um, right. You know, I was in clinic yesterday. We're seeing it. Now. It's, it's started from animals, and now the biggest risk. For, now it's not an STI per se, but it's passed on from close skin to skin contact. So right. really and truly, so sex it's is not actually be. come from it's no, no, sex yeah. with animals. Well, just no, no, it's not. <laughs> But I mean, viruses, infections, bacteria, all, all of these things are normal, basically. Yeah. And the biggest misconception when it comes to sort of STIs is that if you have an STI, you're gay. And, mm. I, and language is very mm. important. And what I hear a lot um, people coming in and say, okay, so I, I, you might come in and say, and I say, okay, when's the last time you had sex? You tell me, okay, it was this time. Who was it with? What type of sex did you have? Was it protected, unprotected? Um, you know, when's the last time you had a checkup? You, do you know whether they've had a checkup? And they're like, oh, no, 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 they're clean. And it's words like that, because then you're saying somebody who doesn't have an STI is clean and somebody who has yeah. an STI is dirty. So mm. it's like, you know, you wouldn't say somebody who caught a cold is dirty. No, you've got, you've got, you know, you've got a virus and you just take some antibiotics and, you know. Um, and so I think that's what, and, and that's where the shame also comes from as well, is the idea that if you catch an STI, it means A, you've been sleeping around, and B, that you're dirty. So those are two, and I cannot tell you how many patients I've had sit in my room who have been in relationships for years and years and years, um, break up, meet somebody, have sex with one person after only ever having sex with, you know, another person. And that's the person that gets all sorts. And then somebody else goes to Magaluf for two weeks, does all sorts, and they come back fine. And it's, it's, not, it's not an indicator that, it's not, you know, um, yeah, an indicator that you've been sleeping around just because you've caught an STI. It doesn't mean that at all. Mm. So I think getting our heads around that and um, changing our language and the way we approach, you know, how we speak about STIs um, is important as well. Because, you know, in schools, especially young people, you know, make jokes about, you know, about these things. And so 
it kind of makes it like, you know, it, it kind of has that stigma attached to it. Um, so I think that's the biggest misconception. Love that. Yeah. Yes. And I think some of them have like way more stigma than others. Like, yeah, for example, like can't. HIV, um, for obvious reasons, because of the, you know, we all know the history of HIV um, and the impact that it had globally. So with HIV, so much has changed in um, treatment for HIV um, and how how people are able to live lives. You know, if you're HIV positive, you can have sex, which is unprotected. As long as you're on treatment that suppresses your, um, your what we call a viral load, it means that you can have sex with another partner who's not HIV positive and you, you, you cannot pass the virus on. You know, if you're a woman who's HIV positive and you're on effective treatment, you can have a child, give birth, and that child not be HIV positive. Um, mm. And so it's little things like this about educating people about where we are currently. And that's sort of, that's how we help to destigmatize it because a lot of people think of you get HIV, you get AIDS, you die. And it's that kind of thing. And so what you find is people who do live with HIV end up living, you know, having that shame, feeling like they're going to be stigmatized, um, you know, uh, ostracized in society. And these things do happen. I know, I know people, I know patients and, you know, clients I've had who have said that, you know, they've lost friends from a diagnosis. People, just because of people's ignorance um, mm. and things like herpes as well. Herpes is another one that's been vilified. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, there's some STIs that are like, everyone's super scared about and then others that are like oh okay it's fine and that stems from you know the lack of education the stigma attached to it um and things like that you know just the other week I had a young girl who came in and who was completely devastated because she was diagnosed with herpes and she's like you know do I have to tell you know whoever I date do I have to tell people this now and you know am I going to have this for the rest of my life and can I have children and she was really really distraught about it you know I was sat down I spent about an hour with her and, you know, we spoke about it. I normalized. I said, look, if you tested 100 people for the HSV virus that causes herpes, 80% of them would come positive for the, for the, for the, um, for wow. the virus. So most, most people have been already exposed to that virus. So if you've ever been sexually active, more likely than not, you actually do have the virus laying dormant. Some people get an outbreak, some people don't. It's hard to tell. And so that what made this com- this situation even more complex is that she had a partner as well. So that added an extra layer of, of um, complexity to the situation. And, um, and so that was another thing. She was like, you know, my boyfriend's going to break up with me. Did he give it to me? Did I give it to him? And so I sat her down and I said, you know, you can have the virus. It can lay dormant for years even. So it doesn't mean that you've slept with somebody else or he's cheated on you, you know. It could have been somebody that one of you had contact with years ago and you've had the virus and it's been laying dormant and it's just now taking the opportunity to manifest itself, you know, in physical symptoms. And even even just knowing that, because she was thinking her boyfriend cheated on her or that he's going to accuse her of, of doing the same. Yeah. And, you know, that was the end of their relationship. But just with a little bit of education, reassurance, and you can live with it and you, your body will clear it after some time. How long that takes, you know, it's hard to tell. But at some point, your body will naturally clear it. And so I reassured her. But all she knew about her business was what she read about, you know, and the movies in the 90s. I remember there was a movie <laughs> that about a patient who, like, died from it. And, like, and little things like this that we see here and there that what you and it's things that you remember when you were young and like you said um some if it's not on your radar you're just not thinking about yeah. it to so find yourself mm-hmm. in that situation and then automatically you're going to go to your first reference point of what you you know where you would have heard about herpes and then that's why I'm a big advocate for educating people early on definitely and that's such a complex situation as well um, right. that specific example you gave but speaking of sort of like previous partners 
is there a way which is appropriate to talk not just about STIs but like with a partner is it appropriate to talk about the sex that you've had with previous partners do you think I think it depends it depends on on you each person as an individual but it also depends on the the, the type of relationship you have some couples are very open and they feel comfortable to disclose their previous experiences but I would say probably not I wouldn't say oh yeah you know me and Tom we used to do this and I really liked it when he did that you know I think Mm. that might be a little bit awkward but you can just maybe you can say what you like in bed without making reference to a previous relationship and also it's hard to it's almost you're you know by default you are talking about previous relationships because when you are having that conversation about what you like you know about you know the type of things that you want to try out as a couple um you got that from somewhere, right? So it, it more than likely would have been from a previous relationship or a previous um, sexual partner. And so it's okay to talk about it, but I think maybe not make too much reference to the actual person. Person, yeah. 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 I have I have one final question though. Oh, God. Please. How do you have good sex? How do you have good sex? Great question. Feeling good within yourself is going to empower you to have good sex. So start with your mind. When your mind is right, everything, your body will naturally communicate. When we're stressed, we can often get unwell. You know, stress can have physiological symptoms on us. When you're stressed and everything's going on, you can run down with a cold. You can just start feeling unwell. You lose weight. You lose your appetite. You get sick. So that's because your mind is over. How to have good sex is to look after your mind first. So whether you need to, you know, have therapy, whether you need to go on a nice spa date, whether you need to, you know, address it. It could be something that simple or whether you've got underlying, you know, issues that need to be dealt with on a more complex level. But start with your mind. Everything starts at the top and it falls downwards. So look after your mind and your sex life will massively improve. That's in the really short answer because I know it could be I a very, that. very long answer. But I'd say that once your mind is right and you're on a happy place um psychologically your body will play play ball interesting that is so true yeah i love that we're gonna have to do it again (laughs) we're gonna have to do it again no 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 we have to because i have so many things i wanted to talk about no we will we'll do another one that was so fun thank you so much for having me all right see ya Bye. bye Yeah, I am fuming with you. Well, forgetting the <laughs> word. One for the word. And, two, and then she repeated it back later on. She's like, oh, yeah, you said it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Don't just remind me again, Sarah. Oh. Amazing. Fuming. <laughs> it's time for Sing It, Suck It. Is it a hit or are they talking shit? Yes, my favorite time of the day. It's Sing It or Suck It. Does everyone need a refresh? <laughs> <laughs> no, they know what the hell what's going on now. They should have been at the live okay. show. Obviously, well, hopefully they've listened to the last episode. Yeah. But to be fair, we probably should give them a bit of a... No, because we confused the shit out of us last time we did this. <laughs> we did last <laughs> so, time. <laughs> we recap for ourselves. <laughs> Basically, uh, Taylor and I will read out song lyrics and uh, to each other. And we have to basically establish whether we think that they have merit, as in the words behind them are true, which means we'd sing it. And if we don't agree with the lyrics um, and think that they're ridiculous or stupid or wrong, then we sack it. Perfect. So, Simple. Simple as peas. Do, do you want to go first or shall I? Do you know what? I'll, I'll kick things off. Okay. I'll kick it off this week. Are you ready? Yeah. These are all basically uh, kind of relevant to the theme as well. Oh, okay. So I'm about to read some filth. 
in a <laughs> no, very low husky voice. <laughs> I'm the type to have a bulletproof condom and still got to pull out, but that's just me and I ain't perfect. I really wish I'd read that before I actually said it because now I'm, I feel like I've embarrassed. I feel like I'm going red. <laughs> Why have you done that to me? Should have read It's the way you were saying it. So I'm the type to have a bulletproof condom. <laughs> oh God, it's not even nine o'clock yet. I'm sweating. Right, oh, hang on. Let me read that again. Me. So I actually <laughs> Please sinks do. In. I'm the type to have a bulletproof condom and still got a pull out. But that's just me and I ain't perfect. I I would probably do the same if I had a <laughs> just to be on the safe side. You know, you hear those kind of <laughs> old stories. Yeah. I don't, I don't have time for myself, let alone a child at the moment. So <laughs> I mean, if we're really dissecting it, he's basically saying that he's so masculine and his sperm is so strong that even with a condom, he's probably still going to get a girl pregnant. Oh, I mean, well... I mean, that's big dick energy if I've ever heard it. Yeah. But how do you know if you have, like, super sperm? How, how what, like, someone's like, oh, do you get a badge? How, how do you know? <laughs> You've got strong swimmers. Gold star. Yeah. Wow. Woo. My 50 metres badge. <laughs> I mean, in, in theory, you always should be wearing a condom unless you're with like a, a long-term partner, right? Very true. Very true. Safety first on this show. Safety first. <laughs> Sorry, that was awfully serious. I'm like, use protection. <laughs> and sun cream. Because <laughs> apparently Maybe not it at the ages same time. you. Not at the same time. That would be weird. Unless, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is going on, um, Emma? It's your turn. <laughs> Wait, are, are we? I'm, are you? <laughs> oh yeah, I've got to I'm, I'm, I'm sacking it. Um, yeah, I, I think do you know what? Fair play, Big Sean. I mean, you're super swimmers, but it's it's a bit kind of a bit narcissistic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Bit narcissistic, Sean. Big Sean. <laughs> Even calling yourself Big Sean, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Oh, oh dear me right my go now <clears throat> i lie here in the wet patch in the middle of the bed i'm feeling pretty damn hard done by i've spent ages giving head but then i remember all the nice things that you ever said to me maybe i'm just overreacting maybe you're the one for me love this song lily allen yes it's not fair. absolute belter huge lily allen fan so i'm actually very excited that she's making a debut on the show yes um I'm, i feel like i'm gonna sing it because mm. i feel like and that's coming from a man mm. okay because I, I feel like it should be like a not necessarily like a 50 50 thing but yeah. everyone should get something out of it if obviously if you're having a little bit of the i was about to say slap and tickle that's not i don't well, i would never use those words <laughs> um, <laughs> um but yeah i i think but then the second true. part, the second part, because um, I feel like sex is a very, very important part of a relationship. So that's why I, I kept the second part in there because I think that it's actually interesting, like male female perspective on this. Because obviously she's singing it as if it's from a guy, like she's mm. having sex with a guy, and you know, if she's not getting pleasure out of it, 
But then the second part I think is really interesting because she's like, oh, but you're a really nice person and, you know, we get on so well and and I love you. So maybe maybe I'm just overreacting and maybe I don't need to be pleasured yeah, in that way. But and I don't I'm like, like that. No, I don't like that either. Good. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page because <laughs> mm. I was about to launch into like a no kind of like, no, because I think. I, I get the sense of like you kind of put in other people's needs before your own like oh just because you're a nice person mm. but if I'm not kind of getting what I need from this like no Lily it, yeah no like get, get yours Lily yeah get yeah and you should when it comes to this kind of stuff yeah um but yeah no I'm do you know what I'm gonna sing the first part but I'm gonna mm-hmm. sack the second part nice That's I what like I'm that do I like yeah. that yeah and if Lily, if you are um, listening to this, no, never settle. <laughs> I mean, she's doing pretty well now. She's actually brought out a vibrator. 75 quid. But apparently it's amazing. Is that like amazing? <laughs> no, I really want it. But do you think I have 75 quid to spend as, on a vibrator? As Brian from Bristol Airport, age 57. <laughs> He definitely has one. <laughs> Big Lily Alphabet. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we kind of wrapped up the episode. If you <laughs> pardon the pun. <laughs> that literally took me so long to get. But yes, I do understand. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you. I've been wanting to say this since we started recording. So I think we should obviously say, say our goodbyes, Emma, for, for another week. And say thank you for, for joining me. Thank you for joining Emma. But before we go, waffle oh, word yes. of the week. What's the next week? week? Emma, what is the word? The waffle word of the week for next week's episode is quench. <laughs> Which <laughs> it sounds so nice to say. Go on, say it. Say it. Quench. Oh. Love it. Well, I enjoyed saying uh, that. Good luck to you. And, no, good luck to uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you soon. Oh, wait. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah leave us thing. a review. Get involved. Drop us a message. All that shit that people say at the end of these kind of podcasts now. But get in touch because we're, we're loving your messages so far. And you're kind of like just helping this whole thing keep going. So get involved. Yeah. Definitely do. And give us your waffles of the weeks as well. What's been pissing you off? And we'll feature you on the next show. Ta-ra! Ta-ra! <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.